Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'll start. My name is Rod. And I like to party. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? Welcome, 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 Church Planner to the Church Planner Podcast. We're glad you're here. My name's Robert Frazier. I'm here in Boise, Idaho. And this is... Tim Galley from Greater Boston. And we're here because we think that you matter. We think that what you do matters, and um, we have put together a little show for you. Last week, we talked about burnout and the church planner and ways to really discern when when burnout's happening or when you're even starting with burnout from the last church. And today, we're going to talk about actually ways you can avoid burnout and ways to stay in the game longer because you matter. You church planter, your life matters. You making it to the end intact connected with god loving your family matters and here's the thing matters even more than your ministry i know that's like hard to imagine but who you are and you making it to the finish line is just as important as anybody else so we want to help you do that but first we got a little smack talk so we're gonna talk for like five minutes about nonsense and our lives and then we'll jump in sound good Perfect. Perfect. You know, I, I do want to go back to that whole thing like that you matter. You know, I, I feel like we've been told for so long that we are so expendable. So it's mm-hmm. the belief that, that we matter, like we're expected just to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of ministry. So I, I appreciate that, that that intro there. Nice job. Well, my, my phone is turned on. <laughs> no, I, oh, sorry, I think, let's, let's talk smack talk there. Yeah, let, let's let's get back to that. But um, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, man. Your favorite sports um, teams don't matter. Yes, sports don't matter today. We're gonna we're gonna pretend like sports don't matter today. We're not gonna talk about live golf and the nonsense that's happening on PGA Tour, and the obvious references, like I told Tim, to the Michael Scott Paper Company. We can get back to that later. I'm sure it will come up again. Um, well, here's here's where I want to begin. Uh, yeah, we're talking about burnout, and last week you began your sabbatical. Um, I, I, w- I want to hear, you know, how great it is. I want to hear, you know, about like, you know, this extraordinary restoration uh, that you've been experiencing, this this waterfall and avalanche of four days. Rain. It just changed everything. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> if you, you're, you're ready to jump back in. Like, like tell us all the keys of yeah. the sabbatical here. Turns out all he needed was a long weekend, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's it going so far? You know, so Thursday it started off strong. I went and I I golfed, and I got I got nine holes with two of my good buddies, and some rando who joined us named Tony, sweet old seventy year old dude. Um, I shot a fifty over nine holes, mm-hmm. which you know it's like double and a half golf. You know, like a little more than I wanted. I'd rather be closer to double bogey golf, um, but it's my first time playing in nine months, so we're just we're just gonna celebrate. I got out, I played a little bit of golf, yep. And then I have to say, uh, I had my kids on Friday, which never feels like a sabbatical if you are alone with your children all day. Right, right. that's just the reality of it. And then my in-laws came on Saturday, which was nice, um, and. I, I did I did have a nap and I read, so that was nice. And then Sunday, I got to say, I reverted a little bit because I wanted to oh. play drums at church. And so I played drums. But that's like a gift. Like me being able to play music, I haven't been able to for years and years for the most part because of, you know, my, my day job. And so playing music was, a, was enjoyable. But I was definitely at church from like 7 until 1130. You know, like it was not super restful. Um, yeah, that feels it, like a sabbatical yellow card there. That no, that's a definitely a yellow card. So basically, <laughs> so basically on Sunday. That's that's you, not you even everything the worst that part. you normally do, except you you didn't preach. <laughs> well, I didn't get up at six to prep for preaching, so I do have that going. Um, but that's not even the worst thing I did on Sunday in terms Uh-oh. of sabbatical yellow cards. Um, so we Perfect went. Counseling. My uh, my son, you know, he is a, a Spider Man Miles Morales nut. And yeah. Across the Spider-Verse came out this weekend. And so we went and we watched the movie on Sunday. Yeah. And spoiler alert, it's phenomenal. So you should go watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just stunningly beautiful. They used 40 different styles of animation across the film. Can't wait. Just incredible. Um, and then we got home. And before we had decided on the sabbatical dates, we had agreed to host our Pentecost gathering. Uh-oh. And so I had 60 people in my backyard and we played music and told stories of God's faithfulness for the Pentecost service. Oh, buddy, that's a, that, that's a sabbatical red card. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely like it. I, I failed sabbatical that day. All right, you, you, you got to do this over. You got to you gotta continue the sabbatical. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the punishment now. I'm going to have to add extra days at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since then, I've been really good. I haven't done any church work although tonight we did have sports and arts camp and i went but i wasn't in charge of anything i was just there hanging out so that felt like you know like it's still my kids and my family and all of our neighbors so i want to be there it's like one of those how do you how do you do it buddy i i love you and I'm, i'm i'm rooting for you but like this is like a really, really sucky start to your sabbatical. <laughs> like, I mean, like you're pretty much doing almost all the same thing. <laughs> like you're, like, you're like a regular volunteer <laughs> with like added responsibilities, <laughs> and you're hosting events at your house. Um, how many more of these like Pentecost Sundays are you going to host? Like, like how many times is Pentecost coming to Boise? <laughs> it's it's only once a year, so I'm, I'm clear <laughs> on that one. <laughs> And to be clear, like I thought you'd like this, we had to we had to do the uh, the Orthodox Pentecost because 
it the the western one fell on memorial day weekend so we just pushed it a week <laughs> so, so i i think you gotta like dig into like that you know you know peter rollins you know the irish philosopher uh-huh. peter rollins, like so like for, for like lent you know he he describes how we should do like atheism for lent if you want to find god you gotta lose god you have first. to lose god yeah 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 so you're saying if i have to if i if i want to find ministry i gotta lose ministry is that what you're yeah saying? you gotta get out you gotta get out like your kids gotta go on sabbatical. <laughs> like, <laughs> My kids aren't allowed to see any of their friends for the summer. No, those are church people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. And all everywhere right. I go, like you people want to talk, thing. and they're like, "Oh, I can't even talk about that." And I go, "Oh my gosh, let's just chill out about the sabbatical rules, people." No, I, um, I, yeah. So, so like, I have to, I have to be honest. I'm failing, and I'm embarrassed by the level of failure in my sabbatical taking. That's okay. That's okay. There's there's grace here. There, there's more weeks. Um, I th- I think you're gonna turn a corner. You know, to be honest though, um, most of my friends who have been on sabbaticals, they some of them have said like it, it takes like a legit like two weeks to kind of like Jeez, detox yeah. yourself from like the the treadmill uh, that you're on. So that 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 sounds kind of like the trajectory that you're on. Well, and and you really have to think the thing that I gave up in the sabbatical was 25 hours a week of meetings. Like I just needed the break from the, like our staff meeting today and our elder meeting on Wednesday and mm. pastors and church planters and people that I meet with every day. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. But like in light of that, let's, uh, let's dive in. Yeah, we'll start there. Um, here we are uh, at our, this week's topic. So last week we had our first part of burnout and the church planter. We talked about how some of you are starting out burnout and you don't realize it, how you're angry at the people before you even start and how you're burned out right after the launch and understanding some of the signs of burnout are really important. If you're feeling apathy, if you're feeling anger, if you're feeling like you just don't care about anything, um, if, if while you're doing it, you're you're dreaming about getting out of it. Like that, those are the signs that like, if you're trying to pull a rip cord, you're burnt out. If yes. you're, if you're dreaming, if you get those LinkedIn notifications about like a job as a sales VP, that's, that's when you know you're burnt out. <laughs> when you're thinking, gosh, anything but ministry, you're probably, you're probably on the burnout path. So, so this week, the question is, what do you do? What do you do when you're heading towards burnout? How do you, how do you avoid it in the first place? How do you make it long term? How do you go from one of the statistics of the 90% who aren't going to retire from ministry to being one of those one in 10 who say, this is my life's calling and I'm going to be faithful and step in and do what God's called me to. So I guess let's jump in, man. Let's do it. Since we're here and my, my wife didn't want me to go too long tonight. So that's that's the other reason. All right, well, let's go. Uh, let's start with this. What what are some of your rhythms, Tim, that you use to avoid burnout when when you feel that you're speeding up and there's too much going on? How do you what does that look like for you? Yeah. I I'm definitely not the not the model poster child of it, but but I do fight for I do fight for my sanity. I do fight for rest. Um so Probably the best rhythm that we got going on is we do practice most of the time um, a healthy Sabbath. And, and our Sabbath 
is from Friday evening to Saturday evening. And, you know, for, for those who can like take their Sabbath like fully on Sunday, that's great. Most of us pastor types, you know, cannot. Yeah. Uh, so ours is, um, and instead of all day Saturday, like, like my head is in, in Sunday mode, you know, come Saturday anyway. So if I can give myself permission that I, I will think all things Sunday after dinner on Saturday night, mm-hmm. like guard that Friday night into Saturday night. Uh, so that works pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Matthew Sleeth. Um, that book 24-6, I probably read that like 10 years ago, and it just came at a really good time for me. Um, and, and he talks about like like on your on your Sabbath, you know, he, he's always asked, you know, can we do like, you know, yard work on our Sabbath? And, and his answer is, um, if it's restful to you, then you can do it. If it feels like a chore and it's not restful, then you can't do it. Then, then, uh-huh. then you're not Sabbathing. And and so most of my Saturdays are are watching my kids play soccer or baseball, um, which I enjoy, and and some light yard work. And I think my personal test is if my back isn't going to be sore the next day, then then that's good. Then that's feeling you, you can do it. Yeah, I, lo- I like uh, John Mark Comer talks about he kind of uses the Marie Kondo method of Sabbath. <laughs> if it sparks joy, it stays sort of thing. Um. I, I like that because it, it helps frame it around the kingdom and the like the gift of the kingdom rather than removing ourselves from the work that we enjoy. It's moving into presence and faithfulness and like the the enjoyment of feasting. Like there is no dieting on um, on Sabbath. That's what that's what John Mark Homer does. I like that. Like it kind of reminds you that this is a literal foretaste of the kingdom that's going to come and the wedding feast of the lamb and. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, it has helped me from the spiritual perspective to see it as this, as this, as this moment of trust where I am a to-do list person. Like I love crossing things off my list. I, I had an awesome to-do list cross off day today, cross off all these things that like I had, I had been avoiding or it was going to take a block of time. So, so I feel pretty good today, but. On, on that on that Sabbath keeping, like we're putting our trust in the fact that we are going to get whatever we need to get done with one less day. Uh-huh. And it's an act of trust. God is going to provide whatever success, whatever you know, whatever fulfillment, you know, and all those things. Um, God is going to provide for us even if we take one day off. And and then it puts you in check with like this, you know, superhero mode that you feel as a pastor that you always have to be in. I have to do all these things. Well, now you can't. Now you can't. You have to stop. You're not going to get certain things done. And you're you're going to have to figure out what's really important on the other side of, of your Sabbath. Uh-huh. So that's been a really helpful spiritual exercise for me. Some of these things are not important, and I'm just a guy. Yeah, you take Friday off from work as well? Yeah, Friday morning is kind of like my catch-up time. Um, so like for the things I punted on, um, and then I, I start moving into like things I've been wanting to read that I didn't read. Um, then I exercise and then I try to get home. Um, and there's always something going on in my house, you know, by the time kids get home. So it's a soccer game that we're getting to, or, or, or small group, um, or that, that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. What else are there other parts of how you avoid burnout or ways you do, you know, self-care as 
a pastor to try to stay in long term? Yeah, thanks for asking. I I, I believe very much in, in rule of life uh, types of oh. things, and, and I'm one of those who who changes changes up the rules uh, fairly often. Yeah, uh, I get it. It just helps me. I was gonna say I get bored, but but if I can be you know honest about it, like like it just helps me. Um, so like I have a reading rhythm. Uh, you know, I want to read uh, th- this many pages a, a day, um, or or this many minutes per day. Uh, and that changes whether or not if I'm in my doctorate program um, or or if I'm not in the class. Um, there's, a, there's a particular amount of time that I want to pray and read scripture for. I usually do it right after I drop off the kids at the bus stops and it kind of just gets my day st- uh, started. Um, and then there's an, an exercise rhythm. Um, the thing I, I probably need to work on a bit more is my sleep rhythm. Um, and and that that makes such a profound difference in our lives when we get enough rest, and that's that's something I need to work on. I go through great stretches where I just feel rested and terrific, and alert. Um, and there's other stretches I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting enough sleep. Yeah, well, I, I like that you say rhythm instead of balance because it is about like there is a time for everything, and it's not the same amount of time for everything. Like there's this six in one rhythm of the universe that God built into the fabric of the cosmos. And when we live into that, you know, we experience health and we experience vitality. And I like I like the word rhythm. I think that's that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to ask you the, the same questions, but um, it, it's also though what I what I what I've been what I've been telling myself in the midst of the practices, and I'm telling myself that this is good for me, and I I am one of these over overworkers. You know, you you can tell me that I'm I'm a terrible person. You can tell me that I'm a bad preacher. You can tell me that I have no wisdom. But if you imply that I have a low work ethic, oh man, oh man, like that that is very offensive to me. Uh. So I tell myself that I'm more than my work, and I I need to take breaks for myself, and I need to exercise, and I need to stop, um, and. Yeah, I probably should have woken up at four o'clock in the morning to read scripture and to pray for an hour. I'm not sure about that. But it's okay that I did it at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay you to pray, you know, you know, in the middle of the day. Well, yeah. well that's the rhythms that we're talking about. <laughs> so I've had to yeah. unlearn all that, you know, all that guilt and all that junk, um, and that's really helped me. Mm, I like that. I like that. As as you were talking about that, what what struck me was. Um, like the the rhythm of rest is this it truly is a gift and once we start to like accept it and realize it it's like okay I can I, I'm not I'm not punishing myself this is actually like something that's beautiful and what I found over the last four years we've gotten really serious about Sabbath is our it's our fate it's our favorite day of the week it has become this like day filled with joy and my kids ask is it sabbath and they mean it it's not they're not bored by it they really enjoy it most of the time you know every once in a while your five-year-old will say i'm so bored dad <laughs> you're yeah, like okay yeah. i get that um yeah yeah that was that's good man all right you know when when you were talking about like implying that you were lazy like i think like, you, you you take pride in it but like my the lie in my head is i'm lazy like that is the lie that like just eats me alive is that I'm a lazy person. And so I need to work hard to prove I'm not lazy. 
Right. And anybody who looks at my life would go, you think of yourself as lazy, but like that's the lie in the back of my head that I'm always fighting. When I, and when I, anytime I stop working, it's like, you're so lazy. You need to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it feels like a little bit of like a modern screw tape letter type of a thing where like, uh -huh. you know, the devil is whispering in your ear that, that you are worthless, um, that you're apathetic. This is why your ministry can't grow. And this, this, uh -huh. is, what, this is why the others succeeded because they worked harder than you did. Because they didn't watch that show that night. And you're like, I just need a break, man. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. That's what it was. Or they were they were listening to the podcast like on on you know two speed, you know, fast. You know, so, so they got to like you know receive twice as much wisdom from all these other directions than you. And we gotta we gotta confront those lies and 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 hold hold Absolutely. ourselves accountable. Absolutely. Reverse Uno here. Um. So let let me ask you, um, what practices have you found to be helpful, and what what inner narratives have guided you? Uh, to resist burnout yourself. Well, as I, as I was thinking about today, I think that um, church planting is ministry as a whole will always lend itself to burnout because it will it's an infinite amount of need around you. There's an yeah. infinite amount of spiritual opportunity. There's an infinite amount of people that need Jesus and some even who want Jesus. And there's a city around you with hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who don't yet know Jesus. And you can just constant, like literally your ministry will fill whatever container you put it in, whether it's 168 hours a week or one hour a week, whatever you give it, it will take what it, what it will take. And, and so as a church planner, like you have to know that there have to be boundaries. It, like that's the starting point is just saying, I'm going to structure my life in a way to say, here's the box that ministry belongs in, in terms of time and energy and effort and even my heart, so that there's the rhythms of grace that come from rest that we believe fundamentally it's not up to us. Like I, I love how you talked about how Sabbath is about this act of faith of me saying, I trust that when I'm not working, God is still at work. Church planners need that more than anybody. We need to know fundamentally that God is the one who's reaching lost people. God's the one who's making disciples. God's the one, his Holy Spirit is drawing people to himself and convicting them of sin and convicting them of judgment and convicting them of righteousness and guiding them into all truth, just like mm -hmm. Jesus promises in John. And so we, we need that. And it's the rhythms of grace where we pull back from work that we, we find out if we really believe it or not. If you cannot stop working or if you cannot stop worrying about your ministry, it means that you believe that it's up to you and not to God, that it's your work and not his. Mm. And fundamentally, that's a heresy about who God is. Like it, it is you think that you are the one who makes it happen by your presence. No, you get to participate if you show up. But the kingdom of God is going to prevail whether you're there or not. And you get to have a front row seat to it and you get to participate in it. And I've proven I'm not a Calvinist, so I can say this. Like God is sovereign in the way that he is working out his kingdom work in this world. And so church planners really have to grab hold of that. And so here's here's some simple ways that I've I've worked to avoid burnout and that I teach church planners I work with. The first is what I call the rule of sevens. And I think that this this holds up. 
to most biblical scrutiny. There may be some ways you could you could call it out, but I'm I'm just going to start by calling it the rule of sevens, and right. it's this: every seven days, you take a day off. That's the rhythm of the universe. Nobody nobody bats an eye at the Sabbath. It's one of the commandments, the Ten Commandments. You didn't start. You didn't start murdering people after the new covenant because you're like that one doesn't apply. Okay, this the Sabbath still applies, and it's the only one that comes with the blessing of you will experience God because of it. So don't miss out on that. I think every seven weeks, like there's this weeks of seven, the completion, and what you see in the Hebrew calendar is just about every seven weeks there's a set of festivals with days of Sabbath. Yeah, and I th- I think that that's that should be a good symbol. Every every quarter, every two or three months, you need to take a long weekend, and you need to not work, and you need to give extra space in those times. So every seven weeks, take an extra few days off, and then every seven months, which is you know give or take half a year, I think that that's a time to take what you see in the fall and the spring are these week long festivals that God had set for the Jews to enter into his presence and to do a complete rest. And so they do all this work of preparation. They would go on a road trip and then sit with their family during during the holy days in the fall and the spring. And so I think that like those are times where you really need to stop and truly rest every seven months, every about half year. You need a, a couple of weeks off is the way you should think about it. And then I say every seven years, just like the ground is allowed to lay fallow, because that's how the fruitfulness of the ground works, is that it must receive nutrients so that it can bring forth fruit. I think that sabbaticals are a, a, a rhythm of, if God can allow the, the, the ground to lay fallow every seven years over a season so that he can bring new fruit, I think that we should follow that same sort of, um, the same sort of rhythm. And then if you, <clears throat> if you buy it every 70 years, there's this jubilee. So if, I don't I don't know when that starts or when it stops, but there's there's a time in your life where God will give you a a year of rest and a year of true like pleasure and peace. It may be in the middle of your life during some sort of you know windfall event. It may be at an unforced sabbatical of a year off from work because you lose your job. It may be in your retirement. But I think that receiving the gift of rest is like meant to be the rhythm. Does that hold up to scrutiny, Tim? Yeah, that's really solid. I mean, I mean, the friend part of me wants to tease you and, and joke with you, but. <laughs> the, the co-conspirator in the kingdom like like that is really good stuff um can, can you review them real fast so every seven yeah. days every seven days sabbath every seven weeks take a long weekend take a couple extra days of rest every seven months take a, a week or two off to do preparation and true rest for your soul uh, and i think that for it it really comes down to the way that our world works is very different than it did in the ancient world. And it really was around the um, agricultural calendar that I think God set it up. We have a different lifestyle. And I think if you look at it now, you can say that July and December or December to January are great times to take time off because no one's expecting anything of you from December 25th till January 8th. Nobody's going to miss you. Nobody, nobody wants a church event those two weeks. Nobody's going to show up or listen to your online sermon. So take a week or two off like at the holidays with your family. And then and then I think in, in July, 
very few people are demanding much of you and nobody wants you to plan anything. And that's God saying, here's space and time. Here's mm-hmm. a rest space. And so what I've done is I've been bivocational. And so I've been able to dictate a little bit more of my own rhythms. But every July since we've started, I don't preach for at least four weeks and five if there's five Sundays in July. And that has kept me fresh. Honestly, I've I've never felt overwhelmed with the work of preaching because I know that there's a long rest coming um, during the, those those four or five weeks in July. It, it helps me stay fresh. Um, and then over the holidays, I almost always take a full two weeks off. And as every associate pastor knows that that's the week they're going to preach is the week of New Year's. <laughs> every pastor has gone that week mysteriously. <laughs> I think it's like the liturgical calendar from like, you know, from way back. Uh, so yeah. The way it goes. The assistant rector's always done it. <laughs> Ever since. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, in one of the churches I was serving at, um, one of the pastors was going on sabbatical, and 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 I, and I wonder if this is relevant to some of our listeners here. And this wasn't the type of church that, like, you know, the the pastors were just revered and like, oh my goodness, you're a pastor. I, I, I'm just going to listen and agree with everything that you say. It wasn't one of those churches, right? And one of the one of the keyboard members felt that it was wrong that we were giving sabbaticals to pastors, and he was. Who's asking for it to be justified? What is a justifiable reason for a pastor to be on a sabbatical? And then he went so far and said uh, something to the effect of, I don't understand. I come to church to get rest and renewal. You're already here. Why would you need to leave this? <laughs> so so like, it was like, like that, that was the starting point of the conversation. And one of the, a, a wise pastor in that space said, that's absolutely the difference. I'm here, and he was advocating for somebody else. He wasn't advocating for himself. He's like, we're here every day, almost every Sunday. And so the, you leave your world to come here. We never leave this world. Uh-huh. So we get to serve you and provide this. Um, but that's the point of the sabbatical, is that you, you're going to get rest and renewal away from this place because it doesn't fill us the same way that it fills you. And it, it it did actually like have a moment where that gentleman was like, oh, yes, right. I am in a different world and you're always here when I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm well, and I, I think what you're getting at, though, is a bigger question, which is the structure of church. And there's this spiritual feudalism where we are religious service providers and we show up and we do. <laughs> We do everything for you and you sit there and you give us your money and give us honor. And it's like they they pay their homage to us by showing up and giving money and then they go home and then we are responsible for everything that happens. That's spiritual feudalism. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a family of people together owning the mission or the the work that God has entrusted to us. And like part of part of burnout comes from you feeling like it's up to you and that you have to be the one to do all the important things. And the and the one of the works of burnout is to, to avoid burnout is to say, I'm not going to take responsibility for the things you should be doing. And I'm going to press down on my home group leaders or my small group life community leaders to be the pastoral care in our church. Because yeah. when you go on sabbatical, somebody's got to take the call. And if you say, hey, you're on, buddy, 
all of a sudden it spreads out all of that responsibility among people. And that's part of the reason why I've always felt pretty good in ministry is I'm not responsible for everything that happens. Mm. I can't be there for 300 people. I can, I can be there for the 30 or 40 people I'm connected to and I do life with, but that's your job. If they're in your small group, you're the starting point. I shouldn't be that. And we, we need to build teams of leaders that, that APES model, the, the fivefold ministry was meant to say, God gave these five different roles, these five different sets of gifts to the church so that the church would be built up. It was never meant to be like a five tool all star that's doing all the things because they're great at it. It was meant to be a team. And so one way to avoid burnout is to really entrust things to your teammates and not take on more than you're responsible for and leaning on your lay elders to to own parts that they aren't getting paid for, but they're responsible for in their role. Um, so I, I think building teams is kind of number two for me. Um, my third my third thing I'd say is you've got to lose your Messiah complex. Mm, that's true. And this this really comes down to like, if we're going to follow in the way of Jesus, ironically, he was the only one who didn't have a Messiah complex. Mm. He, he, he could walk away from thousands of people crying out, touch me so I might be healed. And he could be like, Hey, I've got to get, I got a bolt. I need some time with the father. I'm exhausted. You're not going to get the best of me. I, I'm going to roll. Jesus never walked around feeling like he was in a sense of a hurry to save everybody to make sure that they were a part of the kingdom. When people rejected him, he didn't chase after them. Like that that shows this real strength of character that says he knew who he was and he knew what role he played. And he said, I'm only going to do what the Father tells me to do. And in ministry, that's the work that we have to do is to shape our identity in such a way to say, when people press in and say, you should be doing this and you should be taking care of this and why isn't our church better at this? You can say, well, maybe we're supposed to do that. Maybe you're supposed to do that. And maybe the Father didn't tell us to do that. Maybe that's somebody else's ministry to do. So mm -hmm. us losing our... Hold on a second. Um, sorry, my, my wife just had it out the door. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like that's that's a piece. Anything you want to say about that, Tim, before we move on? Are you in the middle of the middle of the thought? Because I was gonna, I was gonna shift a second. If no, I, yeah, that's kind of it on the on the build teams piece. Yeah, Messiah complex. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I, I was gonna shift to in our limited time that we have here. Um, I wanted to suggest the most recent Ruth Haley Barton book. Um, Ruth Haley Barton is 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 one of my heroes. She's phenomenal. Yeah, she really is, and. The, she wrote a book recently called Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, um, from Sabbath to Sabbatical and back again. And I'm not I even have that on my desk right here. It's my Sabbath book. On my Sabbath is it really? Book. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, you're 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 gonna love it. Um, and it's it's one of those like you, I'm sure I'm sure most of us are gonna read it a few times over, like, especially the way that you do read Ruth Haley Barton uh, content mm -hmm. also. Um, so I highly recommend that. And as as an attempt at, at just being jovial with you, it turns <laughs> out that I have two friends, literally church planters, literally who went on sabbatical last week. Uh, I know I know I didn't mention this to you in our, in our phone no, call. No, you didn't. No. 
um, my, my, my dear friend, Evan, um, who, who, who you would love, you, you'd probably like Evan more than you love me. Um, he, he's like one of those guys. I doubt it, but I can also see it. It's, he's it's great. A good, good. He's great. No, he's great. <laughs> um, he would like me more than he would like you, though. I mean, like, like if he, he'd be like, like, you know, Sam, you're friends with some questionable people. No. Um, it, it's just funny, though, because I was thinking about it uh, just just, a, just today. I have two friends going on sabbatical, two church planters, and Evan has gone off to, like, a really great start on his sabbatical. Right now, he is at a retreat center. Right now. He's at a retreat center. Oh. Try, trying to make me feel bad about my sabbatical. <laughs> well, I mean, he may start well and like crash and burn, you know. Um, he probably needed it more, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> He's like, actually, that's how I should have avoided this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to chart. I'm going to chart, um, like, you know, your sabbaticals. Um, I'm, I'm going to have me. like... An Excel spreadsheet, you know, like, like I'm gonna like rate your righteousness, <laughs> like see, <laughs> see who uh, who fares better. Um, his sabbatical is six months. How long is yours? Is it six well, months? No, really? no, no, I mean, that's that's a generous church right there. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Oh, that's great. No, I think it's just. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I, I, I got. Yeah. I got two more things to say, and then we can we can choke around all we want. This, yeah, we have we have important things to say. All right, my let's see, fifth fifth point: uh, d- take long breaks. Like I I, th- I think too often we go. I'm just going to take a a week off every once in a while, and a week doesn't do it. It takes a week to decompress. It takes a week to have some time with your family. And you really can't slow down in a week. You don't. You don't feel all the jitters of like coming off the adrenaline high of work in a week. And so I think you need at least once a year with two or three weeks in a row of real restorative rest. And that's hard, and it feels wrong, but it's vital. And and I think that it's more important than people realize. Um, yeah. Any, any thoughts on that, Tim? Have you have, you, have do you take a long break once a year? The only time I really, yeah, I, I, you know, it's actually similar to what you said. Um, at the end of December, yes, and and the way that it's been recently in the middle of July, great. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it probably does amount to like nine or ten days. Um, but hearing you talk about it, maybe it should be longer. Yeah, it it is hard to do. Like if you take two weekends off and you're not at church for let's say three weeks, maybe even four like that, that makes you feel like you're missing it. And that's mm. a good thing because you, you crave your connection and you crave the work when you're away from it. Um, you know, just like that atheistic Lent, giving up God for Lent. So yeah. you crave God and uh, man, he does some Pete Rollins, interesting stuff on desire and how desire is born out of withdrawal, like, like even food, like your relationship to food changes when you withdraw from it and you get power from it rather than pleasure. It, it transforms. So, so I, I think there's something to it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last thing I want to talk about was ministry is a marathon and it's, it's not about building an organization and creating, um, I guess I'd say a, a successful ministry. Because if 
if you think that the, that there is some successful ministry that you could build a self-sustaining church with that reaches lots of lost people and is self-sustaining financially and is generous financially and you have some number or some like vision of what that looks like then what you're going to do is you're going to sprint to get there and you're going to see the work as the formation of the community around the gatherings and around the the numbers and around the metrics but what you're going to find is that that won't sustain you long term yeah. those those numbers will shift the experience will shift the 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 goals will like keep moving a little further out you'll you'll get to a thousand you'll say well a thousand is not a mega church and then you get to two thousand you'll say well we're not multi-site then you'll be multi-site and you'll say well we haven't done a multi-state and we haven't started a church planning network and there's always like some some right. out there next thing that you're trying to get to you'll you'll never find the end of that work and so once once you settle that and you say you know what the real work is me staying faithful long term and committing to the reality that my job is to make disciples for my whole life and to teach people the way of Jesus and proclaim the kingdom to the lost and make sure that my family knows and loves Jesus. If you hit those metrics and you say, you know what, I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing the important stuff, then whatever happens in ministry, it's less about the job and less about the success and it's more about doing what I'm called to do. And all of a sudden you can find joy every day in it. And it's not it's not this uh this grind to get to the next milestone and the next false summit. You can just enjoy every step along the way because every step is a br building brick of the kingdom of people's lives transformed and people experiencing the gospel for the first time and families experiencing restoration and healing in the midst of transformation and like those, those are the things that should excite your soul so that along the way you're encouraged. Because if, if there's the false summits of those growth metrics that you're looking at, they'll never bring you the joy you're looking for. Yeah. But people's lives transformed. Every time I hear those stories, I go, shoot, sign me up for another year, man. Like we, we just did Pentecost last weekend, like I was saying, and people just shared stories about how God showed up in their lives. And I'll, if I hear that once a year, I'll keep going for the rest of my life because that's that's something worth pursuing. And when you remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint, you take a pace that you can sustain long term rather than a, a pace that you can, right, you can right, do right. for a, a little while, you know, and that pace is important, understanding it. So you get the last word, Tim, before we head out tonight. Oh, man. All right. So we'll. we'll We'll start this, and we will promise to continue this another time. But listening to you talk about how kingdom-minded ministry is a marathon and not a sprint, I, I, I can't help but not think of you know that that celebrity pastor culture. Mm. Uh, you know what's next? What's what's biggest? Uh, what are we known for? Um, the brand, and you know all these horror stories that that we continue to see online that we can now are seeing you know on our screens and forms of documentaries and podcasts and if i can as an attempt to internalize this there's there's probably a little bit of a celebrity pastor inside all of us to some degree yeah there's the rob bell talking about how that you have to kill the the megachurch pastor that's screaming in your ear like that guy <laughs> interesting i don't, I don't yeah. know if i've heard him say that 
Yeah, it's, um, it was in Velvet Elvis, I think. Oh, that's cool. Man, old school. Wow. Old school. Old school there. Um, yeah. We don't endorse anything that Rob Bell did. <laughs> oh, not, not fair. Not fair. Uh, what was wrong with Love Wins? <laughs> We just got canceled. Twenty people just <laughs> just got rid of their subscribers right now. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. Sorry, Peyton. <laughs> um, yeah, but but identifying the ego and and the vanity with, within each of us, and and seeing it more as a marathon, and and seeing it more as 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 this lifelong opportunity of kingdom type of faithfulness. Um, that's 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 a different way of of pastoring than 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 many of uh, the leaders that are you know held in front of us are are living their lives. So there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of goodness to that marathon idea. Well done. Yeah. Well, it will cost you it will cost you something in terms of size and influence to do that. That's the cost. You have to you have to give up your ambitions about about church and about organization and about influence and about like having having influence beyond your circle, like all that stuff, you have to give that up if you want kingdom influence. And that's costly, especially when like, that's the little, the little idol you're serving is this vision of grandeur and, and hope for something greater. And I, I gotta say like the people around me get frustrated with me. One of my favorite bands, I think you, you went with me to David Bazan, Pedro the Lion to a show. Did we go to that show and, I don't think that was me, but um, Brighton. I did go through a, a, a Pedro the Lion stage, yeah. Oh, he's got this great line in one of his songs where he says, I could have had a big sound and my friends all hate me because I said no, like something like that. And and like I, I get that from some from some of my people where they're like, hey, we could really take this thing places. And I go, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you have to, but that's like a choice. You have to choose to do something else and not allow those you know i run a marketing company and i know the black arts of how to create promotion and how to create excitement and cool like you can you can fake this stuff it's not doesn't have to be real but if you want something that's going to have the legs for a transformational community over a lifetime it requires a different set of inputs a different set of values a different set of metrics and and that's what we're trying to talk about here the church planner podcast is we want you to be people who are about the kingdom and not about your little kingdom. We don't really care if you grow a big church. We care if you make disciples who follow Jesus and make disciples. And I, I know Peyton would agree with me on that. And so we're sorry to all of the launch large model people who are here looking for stellar advice on, on, how, to, on how to reach the first 300 people. We're not good at that. But we will help you stay in the ministry long term if you, if you stick around, right? You, you might even stay married. Uh, your, your kids make them love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Church Web Builder. If you've been meaning to scrap your terrible WordPress church website, or you just need to actually sit down and make your church plants website, let this be assigned to you. With Church Web Builder's library of church-specific templates and integrations and the included all-in-one marketing and communication platform, 
a beautiful new website is literally sitting there waiting for you to take it. Go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER at checkout. You'll get 50% off your first year. Yes, 5-0. 50% off your entire first year. Again, go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER. For more from the Church Planter Podcast, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Church Planter Podcast and on Twitter at CPlanterMag. We'd love to connect. See you next time.